I am very much so attached to the idea of Chopper electrocuting people who say slurs. Start your sublight engines. It's time for Rue Palps Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. Um, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Fet Family Reunion. That's all I really want in life. Truly. I think about this all the time. Like, and by all the time, I mean just recently. <laughs> but it's consuming my thoughts. I do like Fet Family Reunion and it's two people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes that is what a family reunion is. Fet Family Reunion, but it's every single living clone and also Omega and Boba. And they're like, and what are you guys doing here? I do like- also like the idea of it being like all of the, like any living clone. So it's like Rex, like a handful of other people, like fucking Wolf and two other clones. Kix's frozen body and then <laughs> Omega and, and Boba. Not Kix's frozen body. Oh Kix, no. get out, King Run. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. My uh, social media is at Ollie Fresh with a PH. Um, and my gender this week is MILF Nalase. Um, I will go next. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And uh, my gender this week is Tonway's lifeless body. <laughs> I hate that I also considered doing that for my gender this week because I, I, I didn't rewatch the episode before filming this podcast, which was a mistake. But I just kept on thinking all day about her just like, just like, <laughs> she's just kind of like on the floor. Her neck kind of looks positioned weird because it's like a Candace neck from Phineas and Ferb. No, no, not Candace Nowens. The Candace Nowens, I hate it here. No. Um, Phineas and Ferb made a cloning factory. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on most social media at Kawaii Jess Yo, except stop trying to follow my Instagram, please. Um, <laughs> my gender this week is Django. I'm not into Alpha, Beta, Omega, Fet. Just saying, where's Beta Fet? Hi, I'm Claudia. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Um, <sighs> my gender of the week is Cherry's Candy Crush high score on her little iPad, or as the Thrawn folks like to call it, a questus. We love a Thrawn, a Thrawn reference right out the gate so people know what we're about. <laughs> now that everyone's introduced, let's talk about why people come to listen to this podcast. What did we think about the Bad Batch? Bad Bane is a turf. There, I said it. <laughs> um, so that, speaking of turfs, let's get off onto like the main thing that I took away because there's so much that happened in that episode you know we see a lot of why the Kaminoans actually want Omega and why Omega is so important we see Fennec is you know what her role is how she got hired all that stuff um so there's a lot of lore in this episode but as soon as it ended I could not stop thinking about I was like oh all these implications I don't care happy pride to canon trans Omega (laughs) And that's like all I could think about. That's all I have been thinking about. I don't know if it was an accident, but for those of you who might need an explanation, because I've seen a lot of people be kind of confused about why people are saying that. In the episode, Tech says that Omega is basically a 100% genetic replica of Jango Fett with no alterations because the regular clones, obviously not only do they have accelerated aging, but their minds have also been altered slightly. Omega does not have that, meaning that she is genetically identical to Boba Fett and Jango Fett, Um, which would mean 
that it would make sense for her to have self-identified as a woman and as transgender. So happy pride, Canon Trans Omega. Tihi, also, I would just like to pop in and say, because I think about this line from Attack of the Clones all the goddamn time because I'm always mad about how Native people are represented in Star Wars. Um, they're talking, uh, the Kaminoans are like, Obi-Wan, here are all of these clones. We made them less aggressive than Jango because, you know, aggressive Native man moment. Um, Omega's not like that at all. She's not like that at all. She is just vibing and she is a copy of Django. So maybe you need to check yourselves, Kamen Owens. Tan Wei, my enemy. I'm happy that you died this episode. There, I said it. <laughs> the Kamen so Way. for that, Bestie, honestly. I completely forgot that that line was fucking in there because honestly, I have not watched Attack of the Clones in like maybe 11 and they years. Double down on it in Clone Wars in the episode, in the arc with the chips. They were like, yeah, the, oh chips, God, are, the yeah. chips are there to make them less aggressive. And then when Fives got killed they were like yeah he just got really aggressive because he didn't have his chip this is like my other thing too is so speaking of nalase i know that we are gonna get there um but i have been thinking a lot about what nalase did to fives i assume that nalase has been raising omega or at least had a vested interest in omega as she has grown up with the kaminoans and my thought is clearly Lama Su is the one who holds the power here. So if Lama Su says Wall Omega's on Camino pre Bad Batch, if Nala Su was like, let's just, uh, or Lama Su was like, let's just get the DNA and off this kid, she would not be able to stop him. So what this makes me think is that she she in season one of the clone wars obviously does care about the clones in the arc with the medical center where the separatists are attacking it she is very interested in getting them out safely so my thought is in the arc with fives what if she didn't actually want to have to poison fives but she did because she's like if i don't Lama Su is going to hurt my precious baby or they're going to take her away from me and like do what they want and I won't be there to protect her. So I do think a lot about the idea of Nala Su or Nala Se being the one who actually cares about the clones and hey, that then having, that to, oh, yeah. having to make compromises in order to protect them as a whole or protect Omega. And I think oh, about yeah. that a lot. Oh, that really hurt. I really was pissed off at Nalase in that arc with, with Fives because I was just like, how dare you do this to my my boy Fives? But the thought of her doing that because she's trying to protect Omega makes me feel conflicted and I just... <sighs> Nalase, my, my enemy, but also not my enemy. I I don't I, know how to, Nala say my to rank you anymore. I also not, not, no, not no. I also have questions because I believe it was that arc when the Separatists attack Camino, where I think it's Ventress or whatever who goes to like steal the original Django juice or whatever. And I was like, oh look, Omega cameo. <laughs> Sorry. Do we um, know when Omega was uh, born? There's when she was born, but also, uh, like why? Because it was like okay. They had they had the sample, and they were like, yeah, that's all the original sample that we have. At what point did they go, oh, we need a living version of his DNA or whatever in order to in order to protect it? Was it because like, oh, this was easy to steal, and so they were like, what if we just make another boba just in case like this original sample gets stolen? Like, what's the reason that the 
tactically that they made her. You know what I mean? So I, I have prepared a boba talk for you all. I, um, ah, uh, frick. I was saying, considering that um, Boba is like 10 in Attack of the Clones, and he doesn't age, like, um, well, he does age, but he doesn't have accelerated aging like the, <laughs> like the rest of the clones. And assuming that since Omega is exactly the same, unaltered, but she doesn't age, she would definitely have been made like several years after Boba had already, like, been around like Boba was maybe like four or five years old by the time they made Omega and frick, what was the other stuff you guys are saying my brain's like going a thousand miles per minute now. like why not only when she was made but why um there is the possibility like Noah said that yeah they're like maybe we should like have the, the a backup plan just in case we run out of Django juice, even though at that point in time, I don't think they would have like thought that because they're like, oh, we have we have Django. We can just <laughs> take more can, Django can juice, we get a whatever. Gen- can we get a geneticist? Because, OK, I have some questions of like, OK, so we have original Django juice and we can't take we can't take diluted Django juice from the clones. We have to have original Django juice. But if we make an exact clone of him, we can take juice from the exact clone. Like, what's the science there? Is it just Star Wars science? I gotta know. It's just Star Wars, so I, well, I don't think I mean, it really also, makes sense. Like, to be fair, the other clones are altered. So it is like, they can't take their DNA because they would just make more altered clones. Yes, they... but, but they kept saying like, oh, we're running out of original material or whatever. And I'm just like, can't you just... So the it is star wars science like i do need to put that out there that we are operating in the world of like not real stuff however um as a microbiology student um the basics of what is would be going on here is that you you have omega who is a perfect replication of Django. so her dna is identical to his so as a result, you can take any amount of her DNA, and if you were to clone Omega, you, in theory, just get more Jangos. It's the same as if you were to clone Boba, you'd get like a big line of Boba Fetts. But if you were to clone like fives, you would just get more baseline clones that have accelerated aging and weird emotion and like inhibitors and that kind of thing. So without Boba, they need Omega, which theoretically means that if Omega were to like, I don't know, get road one or something, the Kaminoans would then be like, hey, where's the other kid we sent off? Because that would also work for this. Well, they think Boba's dead. Well, yeah, but I like that's the thing. They would need one of them to make more Jangos that are unmodified. So this is where I think the the reason of Omega's existence comes in. I think that they saw that Jango was clearly attached to Boba. So it wasn't like they could take Boba away from him if they needed more Django juice in the event that something happened to Django and then something happened to Django and then Boba disappeared so they did have like their their just in case their their backup and now their backup is gone and so they're like fuck like we're unless Palpatine decides to give us a job to make Snoke or whatever the fuck we're, we're out of a job I was gonna say uh, I remembered what I wanted to say earlier when you were talking about um why Ventress was only like taking the 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 Django juice or whatever. I think it's because she didn't know and no one really knew about Omega at that point. So they're just like, oh yeah, let's just 
take the the bottles of Django juice. Did did so if we're saying that Omega was born like right a little bit after um Boba, like they're implying that they would have been around Camino at the at the same time. Would they know each other? Yes. <laughs> That's what I want to talk about too in my my um I, I wish you guys could see my PowerPoint that I have prepared where I was like saying there's the possibility that maybe Boba and Omega had actually met on Kamino, which it's very unlikely, but in my little um, Boba Fett, here's how animated Boba Fett can still win PowerPoint that I prepared. I was like, what if a very young Omega because she's very knowledgeable about like things going on in Kamino, probably because Nalise tells her things, because that's her special child. But um, Omega hearing about Boba being a clone like, similar to herself, being like, I want to meet this other kid who is like me, just like how she really wanted to meet the Bad Batch, because she's like, oh, they're like me, they're, they're different, and I want to be their friend. And the thought of a little baby Omega sneaking around Kamino to find young Boba... And that meeting, but then maybe Django takes Boba away, like, come on, Boba, we're, we're busy, don't don't talk to the other fucking clones, or Nalise interrupting and being like, um, Omega, what the hell are you doing? Get back over here. He said, pack your things, we're leaving. <laughs> it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Boba and Omega to have met, or for Django to have met them, but I don't think that, that Django or Boba know about Omega, or knew that she was like them, Yeah. because first of all, I do think that Nalise would actively keep Omega from meeting them because they don't want Omega to get attached to Boba or to know too much. Like they need her there and they need her under their control. But I do also think if Django found out that they made another special child like Boba, he would be pissed. Like I think that Django agreed to do the clones and was like, fine, they're not really like me like they are but they're not the same as like me and they're not the same as boba but i think if he knew about omega he'd be like okay we're not doing that give me the child yeah it's a it's a matter of like boba is his son and the clones are hit clones of him um so in that same way omega is his daughter and not a clone of him yeah i would also say though this is my uh epic book of boba fett omega cameo moment because what I would kind of, because it does seem to me too that Boba is the type of person that if he were to suddenly learn that he had like actual family somewhere else in the galaxy, he'd fucking go find that person. So I would kind of love if Omega just rolls up to Jabba's palace and is like, hey, we're siblings. And he's like, cool. Do you want to live here? Like, because he totally fucking would. No, I think that's a, I think that's a legitimate prediction. Like, because, I mean, the way that Boba is introduced in The Mandalorian is him very much, like, reclaiming his family, like, reclaiming heritage and reclaiming his family. And I am sure that that is something they are going to focus on in the, in the, in the show. Um, and, again, this is a Dave, this is a Dave joint. So, what does Dave like to do with Mandalorians? Um, did the same thing with Din and Din's prototype, Sabine. Um, so you don't think that he's going to do the same thing with Boba? Like, I, I, either he would have already found out who she was or something, or, like, I, 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 no, I legitimately think she's going to be a big part of his story. Um, I would love if I, she was. 
I agree 100%. Um, it is hateful that you just called Sabine Din's prototype. No, oh, I, I, I do I, like the idea of Sabine <laughs> being the blueprint. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, she, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. No, I, this is something I, I've, I've talked about a, 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 a couple times <laughs> with so friends. I'm so sorry, but Barb Sabine. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's absolutely. She is but, a Barb. I stand by that. Absolutely, but but I I always say this not to do an off track into the Mandalorian, but when you when you like delve into Din's character and like him like realizing his culture and blah 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 blah, like a lot of his plot line <laughs> and him being gay and whatever. No, um, <laughs> a lot of his plot line or whatever is it like if you rewatch uh Sabine's whole arc. You're like, oh wow, they really they tested that one out with uh, with her. It's very similar. Do we think that if Omega found Boba, that she'd be like, oh Alpha, and Boba would just be like, um, who the fuck? That's not my name. I feel like she would though, because like she, unless there's like a, a huge amount of like personal change for her, which is possible. I mean, she was raised on Camino, and she does seem to like talk about the clones the way the Kaminoans do. She did with Rex. That's exactly what she did. She was like, True. oh, hey, you're an she old bitch. Him and she was like, you're <laughs> fucking old. And then left. That is a very like, uh, like eight to 12 year old child moment though, is saying exactly what is right in front of them. And like, it's not an insult being like, wow, that high key just hurt my feelings, but okay. I do like the idea, okay, sidetrack. I do like the idea of Omega being like, oh, you can tell that you're Gen 1 because you're like wrinkly. And Rex being like, ha ha ha. And then as soon as he leaves, he's like, okay, I'll see you guys later on Braca. He leaves and is like crying in his ship. He's like, he calls Sagarera and he's like, Saw, do you think I'm old? <laughs> Literally. Um, but yeah, I think um, we did make a prediction um, about Omega Kevin McAllistering. Cad Bane. No, I was and gonna we say were two, right. two predictions. We were right. I was gonna say both Ollie and Mel. You both hit it on, hit the nail on the head, with both, both, um, uh, Ke Omega Kevin McAllister and Mel's uh, Omega is the is the contingency plan. This episode was like ding, 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 right on the money. You guys are right. I was like, wow, our power. We're the same person, <laughs> and that um, Lucasfilm story group could hire us and should hire us it could hire one of us and then the other can just come in like whenever anyone needs anything like it's twins. like i'm yeah like I'm identical like, I'm, twins yeah, it's like identical twins <laughs> oh, we don't it's, look boba. it's boba <laughs> not us no they're not fucking twins. omega so, and alpha I'm, it makes sense because i'm white i'm gonna be on um, clone wars uh rako hardin arc boba <laughs> he's white yeah, in prison i fucking i can't believe the prison industrial complex turned boba fett white um, I, like one fear is Boba showing up in the Bad Batch because if you had asked me like two episodes ago or one episode ago if I thought Boba Fett was going to show up in the Bad Batch I probably would have said no but now I'm like Boba might at least make a cameo no it's Woba who's coming let me get let me get there <laughs> but I'm saying if Boba is still white Boba or Woba as he was in the last like the last time we saw his him last appearances in the Clone Wars um I will cease to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I will. I will. St I'm not joking, gang. If we see Woba Fett, I will step away for some time. This podcast is over. They show us Woba, Rupal's pod race is off the fucking air. Yeah, it's this is going to be a Star Wars anti-podcast. Woba, my um, enemy. And I'm not sure how much of this was because so much of the episode was in the dark on the Havoc Marauder, but 
they did look like tech came in and was talking about Django. First of all, tech having to explain who Django is, the way that he was standing, and I did watch like a side-by-side comparison where someone overlaid, like when he was like, oh, Django Fett was the blueprint. They overlaid an image of Django Fett like on that. And tech was still a lot lighter than him, but he looked browner than he had been in the past. And I was like, I'm thinking this may be one of the first episodes that they were still doing like post-production of when the first episode of The Bad Batch came out. So it could be possible that they, at this point, they could have had the resources and the time to be like, maybe we should make them a bit browner before we send it for QA. And like, again, in the next episode, it's entirely possible that they'll go outside and I'll be like, oh, never mind. But yeah, you know. that that is another thing that kind of bothers me with this episode com- confirming that Omega is a like direct copy of Django. I'm like, girl, why are you white then? Like, I, okay, this is, again, a whole other conversation about, like, colorism, but, like, why are you and your friends not passing the paper bag test when Tamara Morrison does? I do continuously get that frustration whenever I watch this, because, like, I do, I love Tam very much, and he should have sang for Moana, there I said it, but, um, I have, like, you look at pictures of him, and you're like, did you guys not have these on hand when you were writing a show about his exact replicas? Like, how do you up this bad? At the character designers, on, my enemy. Um, on, on like literally most digital art platforms, you can literally just like put a dropper on a picture and it will copy the exact color. Why was that hard? Racism. It simply, it simply does not make sense. Yeah. Hashtag unwhitewash the bad ba- the bay beach the bay beach battle scars. Um, well, maybe the f- the idea that the clones that the bad batch does not know who Django Fett is. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know if that was... Tech is definitely serving as the, like, hey, if you are a child watching this or somebody who doesn't know Star Wars that well or whatever, I am going to do the exposition for you. And usually that's for Omega, but Omega was not there in that scene. I didn't know if that was just a, like, he's presenting all the information, but the way he said it, I was like, oh, do they not know who their donor was? Or do they not know... Or do they not know his name? Or whatever like I was like that's some very interesting things and then of course my emotional heart whatever I was like maybe they'll find out who Django Fett is and they go on this whole journey of Mandalorian identity and I think that would be very very the bad batch on a whole journey of Mandalorian identity that would be very very on brand for Mr. Filoni not the bad batch get fucking getting vibe checked during the fucking purge of Mandalore no Okay, wait, you just said that, and now I'm actually like, maybe that's why they're not in anything else, is because they were hey, entrenched in Mandalorian be culture. Quiet. Stop. Sabine's, Sabine's epic uh, Beskar killing machine gun. No! <laughs> not fucking Dutch is vibe checking them. <laughs> Sabine is like a fucking like <laughs> infant right now. Yeah, like, she's like, literally happen. three years old. I didn't say it was going to happen in this episode. <laughs> Sabine at three years old is like, man, fuck the bad batch. <laughs> early. Okay, it kills the bad as someone, as someone who recently did a rewatch of Rebels, um, when in, in that arc where they're like the Duchess and Bo-Katan's like, you named the weapon after my sister. Um, <laughs> Sabina's like, yeah, I thought it was funny at the time. Like, I was a shitty like teenager. Why were they letting teenagers like name weapons of mass destruction? <laughs> because the Empire's fucked. Because they're doing that shit. They're, like, desensitizing the children to violence. So, like, yeah, you can make a, a shitty, shitty proto-Death Star-type 
shit Y'all saw them freaking in Rebels training those, like, child soldiers, like, when Ezra, like, freaking snuck into the Empire. Not Death Star architect Sabine Wren. (laughs) Right, Sabine Wren, Galen Erso collab when? I would like to talk about Claudia's question about Django, though, not to, like, recenter us in reality, but, um, (laughs) which is our whole podcast. No, but I think about the episode. Recenter us, please. I I think that part of it probably comes from the fact that as as we go through generations of clones, I don't think they would necessarily even need to know whose face they were. Like, they, they talk, clone identity is like, to me, one of the most fascinating things in the Star Wars canon because it's super interesting to look at. But I do think that like, as time goes on, I can't imagine that the Kaminoans would be like, this is the guy who's technically sort of your father slash direct parallel. He's a Mandalorian, here's what this means. Like their access to their own cultural background is completely removed. So I actually don't know why any of them would know who Django is outside of like maybe the Gen 1s. So yeah, that's actually a really good thing. I'm no legends expert, but I love clones. So I've done a lot of research on them. In legends, Django was a lot more involved in raising the clones. Um, as we know, like he was the one who brought in the bounty hunters and there was an entire like alpha class of clones. And there was like, like that's where Alpha 17 comes from. Who's a character that people probably have heard of, but it's like, there's a lot of lore about Django being conflicted about the clones because it's also implied that he knew about order 66 and he knew what their purpose was going to be but because yikes moment yeah which is not i don't think is not really canon anymore which good because that's pretty messed up but in legends there's a lot of stuff about Django being involved like the clones do speak mandoa in legends at least like the gen one clones do so in doing this and having them not really know how who Django is it does remove them a lot further from the Mandalorian culture and from Django Fett um the other thing I was thinking about too is if Boba is like alpha does that like decanonize all of like the alpha clones like the alpha class of clones um and also I know it doesn't necessarily but it is like it does seem like it would be weird that they had alpha and then an alpha class I um, go with probably. Uh, most things in, in Legends now, even if they seem like they could plausibly fit into like the main Star Wars canon, I generally assume that they have been decanonized in some way, shape, and form because also I do feel like that's something they would have explored over the seven seasons of Clone Wars if that were a thing that we were operating with in canon. Correct. And I know, um, sorry, not to be a not to be a Legends discusser, um, but when they were originally making the Clone Wars, they wanted to base Rex off of Alpha 17 and have Rex be like one of the Alpha clones, but then there were too many A names. So they named him, they based him off of um, Captain Fordo, who was a character in the 2003 Clone Wars. Um, So it is like, there's a lot of like lore about like what they kind of wanted the clones to be. And what I really like about the Bad Batch is that it's narrowing down on like what actually was going on on Kamino and what is the actual structure of how Kamino worked and how the clones worked and not only their actual abilities and their training, but like their status as people. Um, Speaking of legends and Kamino, I... 
So I, I don't know if I was, I was, I think I was looking for the, the Clone Wars um, arc that we talked about earlier with Ventress stealing the Django juice, and I found a, a Legends article um, that, that blew me out of the water, and I was like, oh no, from the stuff we've learned here, and that thing you said of like, oh, we're learning more and more about what was happening on Kamino, we are reaching closer and closer to this singularity, and I don't like this, so... For those of you, there's this thing called the Camino Uprising um, in Legends. Um, and as I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is very possible that they would put this in, in the Bad Batch in some way, shape, or form. Um, it, granted, it occurs in Legends, it occurs in 12 BBY, so it would have to be very much modified. Um, but basically, it is... Um, after having spent the better part of the last couple of decades growing clone troopers, a group of Kaminoans went rogue using their cloning resources to grow an army with the intent of combating Palpatine's new order. The Kaminoan resistance once again used the Grand Army of the Republic's template Jango Fett, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they hire Boba Fett to, uh, the Empire hires Boba Fett um, to fight the uprising of the Kaminoans. Um, which is horrible and sad. Um, and he leads an Imperial army to crush the anti-clone army. Um, and then the Kaminoan leadership are destroyed. And um, and he he extracts a sample of Jango Fett's DNA and delivers it to the Empire. Um, and it and that leads to the restructuring of the Empire's cloning policy. Um, and as I was reading that, I was like, oh boy, okay, they could really take, there's a couple elements here that they could really take, number one, of the fact that we're seeing the Kaminoans panic because they they don't know how they're going to continue their business, and if, if Project War Mantle continues, there may be a, and we're already, we're seeing a rift between Kaminoans now. Um, number two, the thought of them hiring, the Empire hiring Boba Fett to do this, that would hurt me in ways I can't, I, I dear God, I hope they don't do that, um, but it would hurt, and it would also hurt when they said, uh, he extracts a sample of Django's DNA and delivers it to the Empire, that would mean he would be, um, kidnapping Omega, and, um, uh, so every every single part of this I went, oh no, they definitely read and thought about this, and they may use this. And also, like, we don't ever hear about Camino, and I don't believe in any Empire, um, in any Empire era stuff, except, um, later on in the, in the Mandalorian, and when we see the, the Mandalorian, clo like, cloning and experimentation facilities, they have the Kaminoan symbol, and all that kind of stuff. It would make very much sense if they pretty much annihilated the Kaminoans and then took over their entire operation and made it into Imperial stuff. Um, anyways, I'm very afraid. I'm very not scared. Fucking, not fucking Geonosis fucking round two. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no! Geonosis round two! I, I, exactly! Exactly! It would technically be Geonosis round three because they've already had yeah. been to Geonosis twice. Yeah. So, you yeah. Know, I mean, not to, not to um actually you, but... I was being a conspiracy theorist and a truther, and I was getting screenshots from the Mandalorian, and then screenshots from the Clone Wars, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, we got the Cam people have already noticed the Kaminoan symbol on Doctor Pershing and the other doctors in in Mandalorian, blah blah blah. And we have the pods, and then we had the pods with the gross 
failed clones that fell onto Fennec in this episode, which, um... Failed clone falling on my epic wife, not clickbait. <laughs> First of all, what was interesting was it looked like a Kaminoan clone. It looked like they were cloning themselves or their own species. Um, and then I thought to myself, oh, I know what else this looks like. This looks like the epic Snoke tank <laughs> in Rise of Skywalker. I must, um, I must interrupt you and say that I disagree. I do not Wait, think they on. look like I'm, I'm just saying, the Kaminoans. I, I don't think so. I'm I just, do, Claudia, to agree, I do think that it looked like Snoke. Like, I don't think it yes. was Snoke, but I do think that it looked more like Snoke. I think it looked more like Snoke than it did a Kaminoan, but like, I agree Either in thinking way. like that it's because I didn't think about it until you brought it up, is the idea that whatever was going on on that Bespin-like planet, because it was not Bespin, whatever was going on there... Why was it was, abandoned? Was Kaminoan stuff that got abandoned. And Why it, was it abandoned? Yeah. Hmm. Big question. Oh, wait, yeah, and it would make sense as that being the place where they, like, had the meeting site between Cad Bane and um, Ton Wei to, like, exchange yeah. credits. Yeah! <gasps> Yes. Wait, why? Why? Be okay, because so the Kaminoans were like, okay, Cad Bane, we're going to drop you. Like, we can do this credit drop if you bring the child to this location that we have chosen. A location that we can assume is, like, a safe place for them. So, like, a failed testing ground or laboratory that they're not fucking with anymore. Cause a place that they are reason. not only, like, familiar with because they would know where it is, but also they know it's abandoned. Literally, I'm on Disney Plus right now, and I went to the spot in the episode to get a stilled image of the thing that comes <laughs> out of the tube. It looks fucking nothing like Snoke. It just okay. looks like a Kaminoan. But okay. it does have a- does It does it? look Kaminoan, yes! But it does have it, a big head. Okay, no. But, okay, but, but, but. The cloning tube that it came from looks a lot like the cloning tubes from the Mandalorian and from on yes. Camino. So it's like, clearly this is a clone and connected. clearly they are not making Django clones. So the question is, what kind of clones are they making? And I don't think that it's a huge leap to say this was an initial attempt at making a Snoke or maybe like that wasn't what it well, ended up being, but it could have been like this was maybe where they were going and trying to make their force sensitive um, clone. And was it one of you who said something of like, um, maybe maybe that's how I mean their own society evolved. Like maybe they're so good at cloning. Like maybe that's how their own society evolved was that the, the way they reproduce is cloning. Maybe that that was just a normal thing that they did. Like <laughs> that maybe there wasn't experimentation at all. But I mean, and also when I say Snoke Kaminoan confirmed, I don't mean, oh, that thing looked like Snoke. I'm just saying like, maybe there's steps along the way. Cause like, clearly there's some failures going on and he's a little fucked up to be also. Um, because I'll, I'll, like, when you think about it, what other species in Star Wars is like super tall and skinny with a weird looking head and- Duros. Okay, fine. Duro Snoke. Cad <laughs> Bane clone falling well, on Fennec's hand. This is, okay, I will say, this is Shriv Erasure. How I interpreted it. How I, I'm choosing to be Claudia's interpreter right now. But what I think is it would make sense that the Kaminoans were working on something, or at least someone associated with the Kaminoans were working on some sort of additional cloning project and that that turned into the Snoke Force-sensitive clone project, like Project Harvester that they're working on in The Mandalorian and in uh, that, that uh, Palpatine's working on throughout the existence of the Empire. So I think that that could be some sort of allusion 
to that. I'm not sure if it was intentional. Also, I will say when that nasty thing fell on Fennec, I literally gagged. Like that kind of stuff does, that kind of stuff does not usually affect me. But for some reason, when that happened, I was like, pause the episode. I'm about to go throw up. Shout out to the animators actually for that, for the visceral. Okay. So, so the thing is, um, when they were like, go to this abandoned clone facility, I don't remember if they said abandoned or old, um, but I took that to mean that this was their first try on some other planet. And then they sort of blew it in terms of making viable clones of themselves. And then they start building on, on Camino and doing everything there. Because I'm bad with timelines. I literally had never once considered that, that facility was recently operational, but the problem it is look recently operational. It looked like it'd been decommissioned for like before the clone but war. But the doors did look very similar to the doors that we see on Camino. Well, also it's it's functional. Yeah. That's the other problem with my idea that it's super, super old. Like it had work. They said power. it was abandoned. I believe they said it was abandoned. Either way, I don't totally think that my my theory works. But the other thing is that we don't know how involved Palpatine is with this part of changing what cloning is for. And the thing is that I don't think that he would trust anybody like that he couldn't directly control super easily with the idea that he was trying to make himself other bodies. No, and that's that's the point of my Camino uprising theory is that that I don't think that begins until the Kaminoans are taken the fuck out and it com- and then it completely becomes an empire operation. Not to not to divert the subject into a different direction but speaking of fennec shand and getting her shit rocked by that weird kaminoan creature um i think this episode i think for for the average viewer of star wars and also gay people um we were like oh yeah fennec shand beat cad bane's ass no problem epic we love a girl boss we love to see her winning um but a lot of people were like how did she like fuck cad bane's shit up and it's like hey um, first of all, maybe she just did because she's fucking Fennec Shand and put some respect on her name. But two, also, fuck off. Fuck off. Fights have a reason narrative, like narratively why they happen. Let them happen. That's, that's literally the Freddie Prince Jr. thing that he did in that interview talking about the sequel trilogy where he said, you know, people complain about, oh, why did why did Ray get whatever? It's because it was a narrative decision and because, oh, the force chooses things. So the force has already determined the outcome of stuff that is exactly what Freddie Prince Jr. said. His words, <laughs> not mine. If you've never if you've never watched it, look up the Freddie Prince Jr. Star Wars rant. It is it is cathartic. It is it is so good. It will make you feel alive. I do like the idea of the force being on Fennec Shan's side. <laughs> That's just very powerful to me. Force-sensitive Fennec Shand when? <laughs> May the force be with you, Fennec I, Shand. I just want to say that it's really uh, stupid that people are, like, complaining about Fennec beating Cad Bane. Because they never question how Cad Bane was able to beat Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss. Or, like, um, the scene was deleted, but Boba Fett being, who was, like, 14 at the time, being able to beat grown-ass Cad Bane. Because they're, they're men. But if it's a girl doing anything, they're just like, well, why? Please give me a thousand-word essay on why this She's girl. She's a powerful able to do lesbian. This. That's why. That's the only reason you need. It does endlessly frustrate me too because one, I really hate any fandom touting that we need to have like logic and reason in a fu- like. You're talking about a fight that's taking place at a giraffe people's cloning facility, and you're asking me for logic of their fight. 
literally shut up. Also, and I don't mean to like detract from Fennec's character because I love her, but like, who says that Cad Bane was giving his fucking all during this fight? That's entirely plausible because one of the things that I like narratively, when you have a character who's like, oh, I'm like fresh off the block, I'm just gonna like start doing stuff, you will have them face somebody and then later on be like, oh shit, that person was pulling their punches. I'm about to get my shit rocked. Like, that's a super normal narrative beat. And it's so annoying to me that people fixate so hard on female characters. Like, oh, where's her training montage? Where's fucking Cad Bane's training montage? He shows up in the Clone Wars with a cowboy hat and you people are like, ooh, he's got it going on. Like, cool, but you don't need to see him doing all of this stupid shit. Why the fuck do you need to see Fennec doing that? Has she not proven herself already? Be quiet. No, you're t- completely correct. And then also, Cad Bane had lost his credits because fucking Toto fucking dropped them. He was like, fuck this. I just want to get paid. Fuck you, pay me. Like, Literally. Why? Um, And once again, with that whole thing, I think also just getting to see Fennec characterized in this episode, you love to see it. Um, And also, I think this episode just kind of made me realize that, like, the more mercenary side of her and just, like, she's... You would do it, too, for a check. Sort of to move off of the topic of the Kaminoans, um, I do love Omega being very competent on her own. And I did see a TikTok, and I hate that I don't... Um, I think it was from TikTok user um, Shock the T. Um, and they had said how... Um, <laughs> powerful it will be in the episode where Omega doesn't say my friends are coming for me but my family is coming for me and I've been thinking about that nonstop. um but I do the Bad Batch's concern for Omega in this episode is everything to me Wrecker as soon as she was like hello are you guys there Wrecker was like that's Omega and was like running up and being like oh my god hi where are you and the fact that all of the Bad Batch being like our baby, our baby. <laughs> I want to also say, like, yeah, them being super concerned, like Hunter in the beginning of the episode when they're still on um Braca, and then they're like, we have to make the jump to like light speed and get out of here. Or Crosshair's gonna fucking kill us. And Hunter's like, no, not without Omega. They're just like, Hunter, we need to fucking get out of here. <laughs> like crispy Crosshair. We did not talk about how cri- like, like Crosshair, like. Sour like funky crosshair is so much. I, I, Vader, Vader sees crosshair and he's like, damn, that must suck. <laughs> Vader sees crosshair and is like, oh wow, that looks like it hurt. Oh, At least she you still have all away. your limbs. Not, cro- not crosshair being a Vader allegory. <laughs> no, Vader's I, it's always a crosshair's Vader comment allegory. section. I will, I will say we did get a clear shot of crosshair um that the eye that is not fucked up is his tattoo eye and like symbolism wise that like that means that like his individuality is still a little bit there and whatever like shout out to the crosshair stands you know i'm I'm just saying that if they do end up saving him can there be a moment where wrecker looks at him and is like hey you're like me now because they're both missing an eye the fact that crosshair okay the other thing too is that um based on what happened with wrecker we know that wrecker still was conscious and remembers what happened when he was under the control of his chip. So the concept of Crosshair, first of all, Crosshair probably pulled some of his shots because he did not shoot tech in episode uh, eight. He didn't shoot tech. He had the opportunity to shoot them and he didn't. 
Um, I'm now thinking about him constantly seeing them save Omega and not save him. <laughs> not that I think that Crosshair in his normal state wouldn't understand, like, yeah, there's a child that I'm shooting at. I kind of get that you would take them. But I am thinking about Crosshair being like, damn, can someone please help me? <laughs> not the fucking axe wove wove axe wovification of fucking crosshair they fucking forget me every time pre pre bad batch arc in the clone wars they constantly would leave crosshair in the bathroom somewhere and they'd be like halfway back to camino and text like all right so it looks like all of us are strapped all of us are strapped it's in, like right it's like the fucking um audio from brooklyn 99 that's been like going around on tiktok where it's just like you know we're driving in a uh, car. car destination destination drug, drug dealers <laughs> bar yeah except it's um they forgot crosshair and they're like we can't go back because we have too far they're like no we have to go get fucking crosshair not fucking latchkey child crosshair hunter did say to omega you're not going back to camino i promise first of all i don't like whenever a parental figure makes a promise in star wars that does not bode well for any of them <laughs> did not bode well for Kanan. So this this was this but, was my first thought. I was like, well, it was just like when Din said, "We'll see you again, I promise." And I was like, "Oh, epic Shmi Skywalker moment. That means he's dying." Um yeah. and then and it was just like when Kanan is like, "Um, you'll see me again. I, I'll see you again, I promise." And I was like, "Oh, as soon as he said and he's had two moments like that, I I believe when he was like, "We're nothing's gonna nothing's gonna harm you not while I'm around," like like that. Um, but like when he did it this time, he's like, "You're never going back to Camino, whatever." Like every fiber of my being was like, "Oh, they're definitely going back to Camino, aren't they?" He's so, dying. He's two, dying. Two things. One, I also loved how this episode like let um male characters in Star Wars show legitimate emotion and like depth and concern and like worry for another character which I do feel like rarely happens to the extent that we saw this episode like they really were like here are Omega's five dads who are having a rough day not rough day that was unintentional seriously but okay um but the other thing was not to drag us into a piece of media that is not Star Wars hashtag epic Claudia moments um but I want to, this is giving me very much The Last of Us vibes. We all know how I feel about gruff dads being softened by the love of a child, um, which my new theory is that maybe the Bad Batch might not get Rogue One, but Hunter probably will not survive. So to bring us into that's another- That's the Kanan um, moment. To have another Claudia moment, um, I had a theory um, to bring up another piece of media um, is that for those of you who have played the Walking Dead game, which is by Telltale, um, the main character- that you play as in the first game basically adopts this little girl who's about Omega's age and is teaching her how to survive during the zombie apocalypse and in the end he gets bitten by a zombie while trying to save her and she has to like put him down but I don't think that they're gonna make Omega like kill Hunter but I do think that something bad is going to happen to Hunter sacrificing himself to save her and she is gonna have to go on and then fills the role of hunter in the bad batch i'm not saying that she'd be the idea okay next season of the bad batch echo is the leader of the bad batch and omega is like filling the role that hunter filled as being like the the planning person i can see that too because if any i mean like they all love and care about her and i think she has the deepest like emotional connection i'd say to wrecker because they're just the most like affectionate that we see on screen but in terms of like 
training and learning from somebody all of her skills in this episode were very like hunter-esque moments is what she she had she had moments with tech as well like tech was like okay sweetie here's where the buttons you have to press she's had she's had moments with all of them but what noah i think is saying is like her skill set most closely rep like is similar to hunter and that would make sense because hunter his skill set is not like because of xyz it's simply because he is built different yeah um so and omega it would make sense that he is the most similar to like a Django Fett clone of just being like, I'm just built different. I do just, I mean, that would also provide us an avenue because he could very much pull a, I said, you were never going back to Camino. I didn't say anything about me. And, and like that's a how they say crosshair. Kind of thing. <laughs> I hate it. I do want to now say this because uh, I thought about it while you were talking, but I was just like, oh no sad um Django Boba parallel that's gonna happen with yeah Hunter and Omega that that hurts my soul a lot no I will also say this um epic Jennifer and Brad really fucking understand Star Wars moment because of any sort of planet and like they could have chosen another water planet like like Camino for this abandoned facility to be on they chose a planet that looks just like bespin and a cloud city sort of deal for omega's like identity episode um and to me i was like oh i'm very fragile this is very important to me it is like poetry it rhymes Uh, i was like wow i do love star wars um it was I, i thought it was really good and this is this is omega's this is omega's identity episode and this is also and the the fatherhood episode, whatever. It's it's very Empire Strikes Back. It is also literally the middle of the season. I, um I just, and I just yeah. no. I feel very emotionally fragile. You're absolutely right. And it's the exact same scene when Luke is hanging off, missing a hand, and Leia pulls up in the Falcon to come get her. It's er, yeah. come get him, not me misgendering Luke's Skywalker <laughs> um, to come get him. And um it's like the same with Wrecker. They get Omega's pod and Wrecker reaches in and is like, Omega, is that you? Like, it's it's the same as Leia seeing Luke and being yeah. like, there, is that Luke? Yeah. No, not the family moment. <laughs> oh, I'm very, very fragile. Maybe I do like Star Wars. Not to reference another piece of outside media. Um, I think all of us who didn't have our moment of referencing pieces of yeah. outside media have now filled our quota today. Quick, um, I gotta do a Sailor Moon reference, unfortunately, quick! Unfortunately, mine is so, like, such a deep cut. I do not know if everyone here has watched Whale Rider. It is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I'm just, I don't know why, but now I'm just thinking about the parallels between Omega and the main character of Whale Rider. Um... I think I might go have to cry. Uh, can we can we wrap this part about the Bad Batch episode up? Because I'm yeah, so, lose my mind. So final thoughts on the episode, everyone. I will say this is my favorite episode so far. Um, my favorite episode before this was episode four, just because I liked the energy. I liked that it had family moments between Omega and the Bad Batch. And I liked that it had Fennec Shand. And I am now realizing that I think all of my favorite episodes are going to be Fennec-centric, which is powerful. I I did like this episode a lot. It wasn't my favorite one because there's just less record content, which is how you and me over. 
Um, but I will say I liked a lot of what it's setting up for the latter half of the season because it finally feels like we have a legitimate plot to be dealing with, which is the Kaminoans' political schism as well as trying to protect Omega without the Bad Batch getting Rogue One. Obviously, I just talked about like how this made me very emotionally fragile. I also watched this. I think I watched Luca the same day. I was very, um, I was going through it. I really like this episode. And I also like that it clearly is also a turning point for Hunter. Like Hunter has had like three little moments now. He's had one with Rex where Rex is like, what are you going to do with your life? And he's like, I'm having my gap year. And then Echo is like, we can't just do this. We need to do, we need to be a part of the rebellion or do something. And he's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I I I just have to save Omega. And then in this case, I think he had like a, a realization. You know, oh maybe maybe she's she's capable enough to start to be able to take care of herself. And we can and like, and I think there were moments, and maybe they'll address it more later. Or maybe it's just implied of him feeling like. Um, I, maybe I wasn't enough to take care of her. Like, I think he definitely feels that way as he's sitting there, like, injured and he can't do anything. In episode uh, three, I believe, which was the one where um, they are fighting that monster, where Hunter loses his breathing apparatus and Omega then mimics his skills. Um, Hunter does explicitly say that he feels like it's his fault that they left Crosshair behind. So I'm very much thinking cro- that Hunter must absolutely believe that it's his fault that Omega got and t- got taken, and that's probably why he was so can't think of the right word, but uh, I, dedicated yeah. when he said like to Omega, like you're not going back to Camino. I'm never letting you out of my sight again. I I think this is a really big turning point for him. I think now he's like this, this is my life now. This is this is this is what I'm about, and he's not just like drifting from thing to thing. And I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna have a big bearing on on their choices maybe also that'll create like a really an even bigger rift between him and echo as well um i don't know i don't know speaking of all of this i'm very excited for next week's episode common ground uh because i do fully believe that this is where we're going to get to see fucking fennec enter her bad batch era just based on on the fact that she was like hey nala say girly if you ever need me to do some work for you just let a bitch know um and i do think that lama sue is about to go balls to the wall in terms of sending people after the batch nala say recruited fennec to her uh pyramid scheme i said last week was my favorite episode but now this episode is my favorite episode because it was very omega centric and you know omega is my special child just call me nala say i guess because omega is my special child then um you know we got um boba fett crumb it made me feel happy especially considering um here's cody watch <laughs> cody was not there but <laughs> that's cody watch yeah. no that was cody watch but yeah um I like the episode. I like seeing Fennec be an epic girl boss and kick Cad Bane's ass, and um, and getting all that lore. And if uh, Boba doesn't show up in the show, I will be upset. But I guess I'll accept it. But only if Omega shows up in Book of Boba Fett. That's my TED talk. If Omega doesn't show up in Book of Boba Fett, I think I'll riot, or is in, at least mentioned. I think I'll riot. Like. <laughs> Book of Omega when. <laughs> hey y'all, Mal here. 
This episode is dropping on June 27th, the day before the 52nd anniversary of the beginning of the Stonewall Riots, which many regard as the start of the gay liberation movement. This week, we want to show our support and encourage yours to Stonewall veteran Miss Major Griffin Gracie. Five decades after Stonewall, Miss Major is still putting in the work for our community. She is currently working on what she describes as her legacy project, the House of Gigi, aka the Griffin Gracie Educational Retreat and Historical Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. The House of Gigi is a permanent home in Arkansas where trans people can come, feel safe, and be a part of a growing network of Southern trans people who are working for social justice. Please check out the show notes for the link to donate to the House of Gigi. Happy Pride, and may the force be with you. So, gang, here's the thing about this segment that I'm about to bring to you. It's a new segment. Um, I don't... I have a name, but I don't love it. So if you guys can think of a better name, let me know. Welcome to Fancastic, uh, a new segment wherein <laughs> I am going to name you guys some actors that people, real people on the internet, have suggested or fancasted as a Star Wars character. Um, and you're going to have to guess what Star Wars character. For some of these, I have like a number of actors who all were considered for this role, but for most of them, it's just one. Um... And it's it's a lot. Are you Mel has been Mel has been talking about this segment for like three weeks because they were thinking about bringing it last week, but Noah wasn't here. And every like we would be talking, and then they just start laughing, and I'm like, "What's funny?" And they're like, "I have a fan cast, but I can't tell you yet." <laughs> I'm so, I'm so afraid. Like <laughs> some of these are so fucking funny. Um, I I would say to the to you guys that like you know google fan cast if you're ever sad to just see some wild shit but don't because i have gone through literally every single page of google looking for these so don't i figure just because they're kind of popular in the news right now i should i should do this first one um the both of these people were fan casted in separate fan casts jensen ackles jared padalecki who do you think in Star Wars? Homophobic <laughs> phobia on the podcast today. I, Stop it not during timely. Pride Month. <laughs> Wait, can okay, you give us? Okay, I, I propose uh, Jensen Ackles as Thrawn and Jared Padalecki as Eli Vanderpump. No, 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 they're, they're, they're for the same, same role. Wait, the same person. They're both Thrawn. Oh, Jensen no, Ackles is Callus. Anyone else? Any other? Wait, thoughts? do you want to? Can we? Can we ask yes or no questions? Oh yeah, yeah. Like they were both questions. for the same role. Is this? Same is role. this? Is this a Rebels character? No. Well, wait. Are actually, these? Are this these... character appears in Rebels, but it's not a main Rebels. Are these animated characters that Lando Calrissian for, for for live action? Um, a little bit of both. It's a combination of that, and then also um, people like, oh, if we could recast it for today, this is who Ooh. I would cast. So it they appear in Rebels, but they are not like a Rebels. They are main not character. a main character, and they're like they're like uh they they're they're a main character i would say of the star wars franchise obi-wan no maul no yoda no <laughs> anakin <laughs> yes no no, no. wait i've seen this casting wait i've seen this casting it's like the same age as them yeah wait, hold on hold on didn't jensen ackles actually uh, um audition yes. for it Yes. And I also believe Jared Padalecki did too. A big supernatural fan moment. <laughs> I am so I gotta say, I'm so sorry, Jensen, but I am God am I happy hating Richardson one out for that role. <laughs> Here's the next one. Um this is just one person that I saw for this um role. Are you ready? Terry Cruz. Who do you think 
Terry Crews was fan. Mace Windu. Nope. Is this a is this a black character? Um, I mean, are they are they a like non-human a, character? A non-human character. I Zeb. Guess, no. Um, are they are they in Clone Wars or or like Clone Wars era? Clone Wars era. Jango Fett. Nope. Maul. <laughs> nope. They're a non-human character. Savage. Oh. Yes, Savage Fett. <laughs> oh my! I can't do that. Wait, wait, wait. Hmm. Does that mean that we can have white chicks, but everything's the same except for Terry Crews is played by Savage <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, are we ready for the next one? I don't know. I'm yeah. ready. Okay. Step, on is... the, step on the gas. All right, here's a series of character, or a series of actors who have been all fan-casted as this one character. <clears throat> uh, number one, I believe his name is pronounced Killian Murphy um, from Peaky Blinders. Clint Eastwood. What? Daniel Craig. And Sylvester Stallone. Who have they all been fan casted as? Is it Cad Bane? It's Cad Bane. Oh my god! New because I was like, there's too many cowboys here for this to not be Cad Bane. Clint Eastwood as Cad Bane is fucking driving me insane. I just Mel, I'm so sorry that I just one shotted you like you no. one shotted me with the Vader. It's funny because Vader it's Cad Bane. It's funny because it's Cad Bane. Not both oh of us having a. It's, it's like poetry. It rhymes, yeah. All right, are you ready for the next one? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got like so many here, like it's insane. Um, but I've just prepared a few for today. Taika Waititi. Who have they fan casted him as? In, in Star Wars, isn't he already in, in, Star, in Star Wars? <laughs> but they fan cast him as someone else. Is it a human? Not a character. Not a human. Not the IG Eleven original Erasure. trilogy. Oh. Is it C3PO? Nope. Luke Skywalker. Nope. 2D2? Non nope. Human. Is what? it Chewbacca? Chewie? Nope. nope. Wait, okay, okay, hold on. Let's let's think. Is it Bib Fortuna? No. Is it Chubba? No. Okay, let's let's think. What are the non-human characters in the original trilogy? That we haven't already mentioned. <laughs> so it's not Is Chewbacca. She's a garbage monster in the Death Star. No. Um, I can give you a hint. No, Please I don't. Do. I'm not ready for a hint. I feel like I can do this. Okay. Actually, can we get a hint? <laughs> um, I've been kind of giving you a hint this entire time as I keep moving. Mel is going from side to side right now, kind of little doing a fun little you could um, say like a, dance. You could say I'm like in a... motion almost. No, I know. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Isn't it, wait, okay. Was Nymnub originally like an actor in makeup or was he a fucking puppet? Yes. No, he's an actor in he's makeup. Actor he's in prosthetics makeup. and makeup. Do you know that Nymnub's in, in the sequels? Can I please just suggest that we have um, Taika Waititi, but it's just Nymnub, but really tall? I think Nymnub and there's Nymnub and Wedgie Antilles may be in a very similar amount of movies. Yeah. Will Smith. The genie Can we from get Aladdin. An era? Oh, era sequel trilogy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, eight. No, no. Uh, are they force Kylo sensitive? Ren. He's force sensitive. Yes, not Kylo Ren. Luke Skywalker. Ren. Yes, old, oh, old, old, old Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Will Smith. That's actually so powerful. It's so powerful. How's but so I was like, powerful. I was like, where? Wait, where is the 
in what world are you only casting the sequel trilogy? What about so that would mean young Will Smith as Luke Skywalker? Is Jaden? That would mean Jaden. Wait, that's kind of everything, actually. Wait. Or Willow. Okay. And then, and then he or Willow. No oh, period. Um, that's... I would like the Star Wars. Uh, every Star Wars movie, um, Willow Smith plays all the characters. Yeah, I've I've got one last one. <laughs> oh no, no! I could do this for hours, but here's my last one for today. John Cena. Zeb. No. Era. Yoda. Um, uh, the the time between the prequels and the the original trilogy. Is it Wrecker, a rebel's character? A rebel's character. Kane and Jarrus. No, no. Is it Callus? No. Is it a human character? No. Is it Ron? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> is, it is it Hondo? Not Zeb, right? No, Hondo. Not Hondo. It's not Zeb. Cad Bane? Nope. Cad Bane is already. Cad Bane's not Cad Rebel. Bane is not in Rebel. Is, oh, yeah. is, he, right, is it Quizzy? It is not Quizzy. Wait, let's. Is let's... it the second brother? No. It's one of the Inquisitors? Yes. <laughs> is it that little. Wait. Trilla. <laughs> not Trilla. The no. seventh sister? Oh, it's the, it's so the fifth sorry. brother. Not the fifth brother. <laughs> okay, look, look at the fifth brother and tell me that he doesn't kind of look like John Cena. Wait, actually. isn't the fifth brother the one that comes from the Mace Windu comic who used to be, well, they all used to be Jedi? Yeah, Jess, I think you met John the fifth Cena. brother and that's why I was going to give it to you. Oh yeah, my God, I met that's actually fifth brother, really... but I've been playing a lot of Fallen Order, so I was thinking about Trilla, sorry. Bestie, <laughs> so that's I said second actually... brother. That's actually a really good guess. And he actually is the one who was a, who was a Jedi. Oh, they were all Jedi. Well, yeah, but he was the one. I think he was. Um, yeah, I know. They no, were I think Jedi. that's second brother. I don't know, but he was a Jedi. And so, imagine yeah. being walking the halls of the Jedi Order and I seeing see him. John Cena POV. John Cena <laughs> is at the Jedi fucking temple bombing. This has dealt me damage. Anyways, um, I can't wait for the next time I do this segment because that's not even the beginning. Of what I have I'm in store. This hurt me. There are tears, actual physical tears. I can't deal with any. Like, I was just dealt psychic damage. I'm still reeling from fucking Taika Waititi as Nine Nub. <laughs> that was like, I don't even think there was like the weirdest actor named, but it was like the weirdest casting. Like, who looked at Nine Nub and they were like, <laughs> Taika Waititi. I do. Okay. Guy. Nine Nub. Okay. Concept. Nine of in the Lando show because nine of in Lando were co-pilots in um in Return of the Jedi. So in the Lando show, it is Lando Calrissian and it's a buddy cop film <laughs> with nine of played by Taika Waititi. My to OTP is now nine of X Lando Calrissian. That being said, thank you for playing. Um, to our listeners, if you have any good fan cast that you've heard of, feel free to DM me personally. Um, either on TikTok at Grunkle Rex or on Twitter or Instagram um, at Melvin Culpa. Um, yeah. This is um, very powerful. And speaking of listener interaction, we do have a new segment that, much as Mel is for that segment, still kind of coming up with a name with, a name for. Um, this is some Q&As from our TikTok. Um, so if you have questions that you would like for us to address on the show, please feel free to drop us a Q&A on TikTok. Um, so the first one that I have, I will start with one of the more fun ones. This is from TikTok user These Rainbow Worms, who has drawn some fan art for us before. Is Ventress a MILF? No, yes, she's a gay question. aunt. She's a gay aunt. So Noah says yes. Uh, 
I don't think so. I mean, she could, but she definitely has more like a gay aunt vibe why to not? me too. I will I will support why not Ventress. I, I my knee jerk reaction to calling her a milf is because she's powerful and very sexy to me, uh, <laughs> which doesn't automatically make her a milf. Um, however, I'm no, I'm I'm gonna stick with her as like milf energy, but much closer to wine ant in terms of an alignment chart. Um, using to use some chis ascendancy terms, I do think he's she's a ranking distant of milfery. Not a ranking uh, distant. Oh my that goodness. That being said, for she those is of you not who, fully like, a milf. For those of you who don't have not read the ascendancy books, which first of all, why not? Um, <laughs> second of all, the ranking distant is like someone who's kind of in the family, but not not real. Like they're like a baby, like. Not baby, baby level in the family like they've just kind of they're yeah, there in the hierarchy of milfs ventress is not at the top you know she is no just, arlani she's ascendancy <laughs> families are more like sororities and fraternities than like families so there's like yeah, um it. so yeah so that so so let's go around really quick claudia says no mel says ranking distant of the milf of the milf ascendancy jess says no noah says perhaps I, I will I will change my opinion to suit ranking distant of the MILF ascendancy. I would also agree, because here's my thing. I would generally have said no, but post wrong Jedi arc, she had some MILF moments with Ahsoka where she was like, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. You are now my child. And I do think, had she, um, spoiler for the book Dark Disciple, give it like 10 seconds. If she had survived Dark Disciple, she could have been a MILF, I think. Not she yeah. could have been a mom, but she I, could have been like a milf. Like I'm just Rebels saying, era, yeah. I'm just Rebels saying, era Ventress would be a milf. Hey concept, hey concept besties. AU where everything is the same except for during the arc um where Ventress comes to get the D- the Django juice on Camino, she just runs into Omega and is like, What if <gasps> we just went on a girls trip and then they ran away together? She's like, I want one of these little blonde bitches for myself. <gasps> okay. I'm taking it. She's like Nala say energy. They're both bald and gray. Oh my god. That's true. I will say her energy with Ahsoka was more of like a big sister energy than a a mom energy to me. No, I agree 100%, but I think that that showed that in the future she had MILF potential. Like, I'm not saying that she had it then, but I'm saying it showed that it was, she had that in her. This one I think is actually going to be quite hard, and some of you may have seen it because I did mention it. Um, This is from at Sage Syndulla on tiktok thranto or cody one <gasps> the way sage just sage i'm coming wriggled. for you how could you ask that how could you ask me that i i will i will say this about thranto versus cody one one as much as i do love my my fruity little fascists they are both part of the empire <laughs> which does change things for me but okay also, but listen my poor man cody <laughs> get my man out I, I, I just have to say this, um, as much as I do love Toronto, I have known both of those characters in their current incarnations from the books for a significantly less amount of time than I've been attached to Cody Wan because for our viewers at home, I only just finished the very first Thrawn book. So like, it's I fresh. love them, but they're very new to me. So I'm going to say Cody Wan because I've known them for longer and also because I just like their relationship dynamic a lot more 
because I uh, project on Obi Wan Kenobi and Commander Cody at the same time. I'll keep score, and the one that doesn't, the one that doesn't win gets destroyed. So we have what? one for Cody. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm gonna just yes, tear their body in half while they're trying to answer this question. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I mean, I can. I can shoot from the hip pretty confidently and say Thronto. Um, valid. Just I'm not surprised by that at all. That, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that is aligned with my Eli Vanto Kinney ass. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm an Obi Wan anti, but I am pretty. <laughs> just like he exists. Yeah, yeah, he exists. Mel Mel's desire to <laughs> to be Eli Mel, Vanto versus Mel is, Mel is pro Thronto because they want to fuck Thrawn. I <laughs> don't want to fuck Thrawn. Is the thing. <laughs> That's I just, the irony. I the irony is I truly. Have no desire to fuck that man. Are you telling me that you're an you're an Eli Lonnie shipper? No, no. I think it's just rural person solidarity with me and Eli. So I'm like, That's I do fair. have to keep you alive. I'm saying Toronto. Um, Ooh, here's, here's why. Spicy. Here's why. Yes. Are they our fruity little fascists? Yes. And that it's hard for me because I'm like mm, the only good fascist is a dead one. Um, but then the, the here's the problem. Cody one is. The kind of the kind of shipping that I have been trained for, which is like we got nothing, we got a couple of crumbs, and I, we will make a whole cake out of some crumbs. Um, Thranto, on the other hand, we have content. Like I, I I'm not gonna lie, when I read the first Thrawn book, like I, I went through something. Like <laughs> whenever I think about it, I I go a little bit insane. Like, I, every time I think about, like, oh, no, that's not something from fan fiction. That's a real thing that they said. I go crazy. And, like, I love Cody Wan with all my heart. But it is, like, I gotta rely all on fan works, and that's okay. Granted, there there are little things in canon, and, and we are gonna hold very tight to them. Not to, like, dunk on Cody one, because I did choose it and I'm sticking by that, but there is that moment in the first Thrawn book where Thrawn's like, my words are in your hands and thus so is my life. I will, so this is actually, this is actually a perfect transition into my thought, because I, I love both of these dearly. I'm on a bit of a Thranto kick right now, but I will say, I think Timothy Zahn, who also wrote hit Mandalorian fanfiction rough day I do think that Timothy Zahn is the king of writing the most unintentionally gay stories ever um because I did also read the first Thrawn book and I was like that like there were a lot of parts in there and their relationship just based on a narrative perspective was very much like these two people mean more to each other than anyone else and everything about Eli's character especially in the first book is about Thrawn and literally in the first book Eli is like it stinks that I didn't get a promotion. The only person who could change that is an admiral. And Thrawn's like, well, then I will become an admiral. And then he does. <laughs> I will say though, I do agree with Claudia that we have more Thrawn tent. We have more, like, we have more content between Thrawn and Eli. However, I, I remember when I was a child, Obi-Wan Kenobi gave me gender envy for the first time I think when I saw Attack of the Clones in 2001 so that man means a lot to me unfortunately um and I think that Cody Wan was so pivotal in me getting back into Star Wars this is not me saying like the Damn. canon context of like the ship but the ship itself and the stuff around the ship 
is just, it means so much to me. Cody Wan is my, my bottom bitch. I really cannot move past it. I love it dearly. I love Thranto too. And, but Cody Wan, it just makes something in my brain go on a different level. Jess, it is your turn to answer. You are the tiebreaker. Oh God. So listen, I do not have like, um, childhood attachment to Star Wars because, uh, Jess Lordrop, I hated Star Wars as a kid and I was one of those, um, people who was just like, I'm, I'm not into Star Wars. I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cooler than you because I'm not into Star Wars. You probably were. <laughs> I really only got into Star Wars, like, within the last, like, year. And so, like, both Cody Wan and Theranto are, like, equal levels to me of, like, I got into them around the same time. So, this could, like, go either way because, uh... Anyone who's uh, followed me since before the podcast knew about my um, obsession with Obi-Wan back before, where I literally would uh, scream about Obi-Wan every time I saw him. But then I got into the Thrawn books, and Eli and Thrawn are, are something else. <laughs> my brain goes bzzz when I see Eli and Thrawn, and I also am an Eli Kinney. Sage, I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna kick your ass for asking this question. Not, not just threatening our listener. As much as I love Cody and Obi-Wan and the thought of them together, and I also have my Cody watch, so you know they're both very important to me, uh, I am gonna go with Thranto. Um, I will say I'm so sorry to Cody Wan. Um, you will be ended because unfortunately the host on this show didn't pick you so cody Wan is over party i'm so sorry call ollie order 66 because i'm away. Order 66 because i'm destroying cody Wan. are you fucking palpatine not ollie palpatine rupel Palp? is that you i can't accept the fact that i have i am the rupel of rupel's did we did we just fucking Wait. Does that make me Masamita? No, yeah, Mel is, no. is Masamita. Masamita is the Michelle Visage of RuPaul's Padres. That's just the, reality. We have okay. So I'm just saying, if I'm if I'm Palp, then Mel is Masamita. We need to fill. Who's Vader? Whose life was irreparably changed and damaged by me? That's Noah. Okay. <laughs> That's me. And then everyone else. So sorry, I don't have a role for you yet. I have one more question. This comes from Minnie the Moocher DA on TikTok. I think that all of us will have the same answer to this. Who is the best dad in Star Wars? Let's count down from three and we'll all say our answer at the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. Bail, Bail Organa. What, did you just say Din Djarin over Bail Organa? I love Din Djarin, but oh you know God. that he, he did not know how to change Grogu's diaper. Grogu had one toy and it was a ball from his ship console. <laughs> that he oh just, like, took That's away from fair. Grogu. I, I, I will give Bail Organa. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like being forced to answer questions, uh, especially under a time limit. So I fucking panicked and I was like, quick, what's a male character that has a child in Star Wars? <laughs> and I could only remember one and it was fucking Din Djarin. <laughs> It's time for our last segment. It's called Name That Ship. The premise of this is really simple. Um, a, one of our hosts, in this case, me and Claudia, have prepared a fic and we're going to read the tags and our other hosts are gonna have to guess who the ship is that the fic is about. 
Um, as a disclaimer, Mel actually sent me this one, so they are not going to be allowed to guess or to say anything while I'm reading it off. Uh, and additionally, as usual, we just want to remind people that like we're not trying to like shade the authors of these fics. It's all in good fun. We're just here to have a good time. Uh, and with that, uh, I have prepared a fic for you, or more accurately, Mel has prepared a fic for the podcast. Mel has prepared a fic for you. And Literally. then you prepared it for us. I, I'd so. like to think of it as I'm Thrawn and you're Eli, and I've sent you to the Chiss Ascendancy with a gift. I'm, I'm fucking out of here. So to be clear, this fic only has like five tags. So good fucking luck. Um, so let's see. It is, I mean, it's character A slash character B. Um, established re- relationship, kid fic, robot human relationships, and treat. Treat? Treat. It What's just the rating? Treat. And how many it, chapters? It only has one chapter. It has 3,327 words. Um, and it's for general audiences. This is robot slash human character. Yes. Can you read us the summary, please? The summary will give it away. What I, oh. think, I think what should be said is that it is about these two characters with a character from a different part of the Star Wars timeline. So is this is this a prequels era original couple? Like, No. Yeah, wait, can you give us era? I don't, is I this, think... Is this rebels or bad batch era um it's it's in the general diaspora of the imperial era so it it could include any time from after revenge of the sith to uh the ending of a new hope is the human character force sensitive no is the human character a sequel trilogy character like the child a sequel trilogy character no is the human character i'm so confused imperial no, they are not Imperial. Rebel? Yes. Yes, they um, are a rebel character. And these are a human. It's not like a non-human. Yeah, it's a human character and a robotic character. Is it a droid? The robot character? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to confirm it wasn't like... So, a human, a droid, <laughs> and then a child from the sequel era? No, the child is also from the like the big Imperial era are they... bubble. Do is we know them age, as a child? Like, Yes, you know them as a that child. That was what I was going to say. Like, just does their age line up with... I would argue you know them as the child. Is it Grogu? Not Grogu! That's the is child. This, the is child this, is this IG-11? What? Is it IG-11? No. Is it L337? No. I have a question is it... that is very objective. R2? Is the robot kind of sexy? <laughs> would you consider the robot sexy in your opinion? <laughs> Not to like out myself here, but kind of. The way I knew you were going to answer exactly. <laughs> what? Okay, no, K2? no is it K2? K2SO. It's K2SO. Is it K2SO and um, um, fucking Cassian Andor? Yes! And Grogu! K2SO X Cassian Andor, and it's a child fic that has like here. Let me, let me read the description of it. The Empire has been defeated and the war has been over for five years. Cassian and K2SO are traveling the galaxy looking for some peace and safety. Instead, they find a strange, seemingly abandoned child. Also, really, of all the droids, you think K2 is the sexiest one? He's smart okay, and he has a good think? voice. Leave me alone. Who do you think the sexiest droid is, Claudia? L3, obviously! But I feel like, okay, at least, K- like, I'm not saying L3 isn't sexy, but K2 has, like, a human-esque face, like, a more humanoid face, and I feel like that kind of puts him above her for me. She yeah. has the thick thighs. That like, is true. Not, not fucking robotic thick thighs. All right, I have prepared a fic for you. 
Um, this fic, um, it, it, they have said in the tags, this is a part of a weird pair challenge, so it's not, like, a seriously shipping, but this person, like, did go out of their way to, like, make a serious fic about a, a, a pair that they spun the wheel on. So, the additional tags are Clone Wars Weird Pair Challenge, Slow Burn. I mean, the fic is only 8k, but it takes them, like, 11 years to kiss, so... Character A deserved better. But I'm not sure he deserved this. I'm not sure I deserve this, TBH. I hope you are pleased with yourself for making me write this. The rarest of pairs. A fucking snorkel of a ship, TBH. I'm sorry, everyone. Fluff, minor angst, reunions. Character A gets a happy ending. Character B gets a boyfriend. Rex gets a headache. Character A is a very grumpy chef. Who <laughs> will absolutely poison you if you, <laughs> if you break his stuff. The summary. A.K.A. the fic we neither deserved nor needed. <laughs> Someone sent me character A, character B for my Clone Wars Weird Pair Challenge. I accidentally wrote an 8K fic. I'm sorry? Question mark. Hey. Five slash now let's say. Is, no, is, is, this, it, is, is it a top? clone? Is it top? One of them is a clone, yes. <gasps> is it? Wait, okay. So they said this character deserves better. <laughs> is this a clone who got the... Sh Got a bit of the short end of the stick. <laughs> yes. It's this... not fives though, right? No. I think and it's I'm... not top. No. Um. Okay. Is this a clone? <laughs> I think I know <laughs> what clone you. Okay. Yes. Is a dog? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but who? Oh, no. He is a dogma apologist <laughs> because I feel so bad for him, and now I'm like, all right, no, dogma X. Who? This isn't what I wanted Pong for Krell. him. No, not Pong Krell. Get out, girl. No, no, no. it's a weird are they, guys. Are they a Jedi? No. So it's so not Mace Windu. It's... Nope. <laughs> Dogma slash Mace Windu is very funny. <laughs> are they're with the Republic though? No. So is they're this... separatists. No. It's a Hondo Onaka. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna ask Also, not fucking <laughs> Ollie practically one-shotting that. I also thoroughly enjoy that it was that the ship name is Hogma. Um okay. So here's the, the, the description. Dogma is rescued from a Kaminoan transport by a gang of pirates who happen to be wandering through. Hondo Onaka is annoying, but he's determined to find Dogma a place on his crew, and once he does, Dogma just kind of never leaves. Dogma struggles with nightmares, guilt, and cooking, and somehow Hondo makes it all easier. <laughs> this is my attempt to make Hondo Dogma a believable ship. Wait, that's why is that cute. Why is that so cute? It's not terrible! <laughs> it's I, okay. by far not the worst thing we've brought on this show. No! <laughs> I really, like, I don't know why Hondo came to my mind. He's just always there, I think, a little bit in my heart. If you sent this to me, thank you so much. I will acknowledge you on social media. I'm so sorry I forgot which I'm one so glad was. listeners never send me weird shit. I, <laughs> I wouldn't know how to handle that. Listeners, start sending me weird shit. I want to get some of these. These are fantastic. Wow, um, guys, that was some really crazy ships. Yeah, <laughs> the grammar insane. of this sentence I just said. I feel insane. I can't with you. I'm losing my mind. Also, before we head out, um, I just wanted to mention that um, Ollie was a guest host on the Millennium Pod this week. Um, that's Ari period in period spaces uh, on TikTok's podcast. Um, they talked about 
the first half of the Bad Batch with a couple of other folks on TikTok. Um, yeah, it's, it's really a great episode. I highly recommend that you check it out. Um, that being said, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of RuPop's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop on Sundays. For updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at RuPop's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, we'll see you next week for another episode. May the Force be with you, and don't criff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka, Lieutenant Banto. Fuck off.